it costs me a lot But there's one thing that I've got It's my man It's my man Cold or wet, tired or bet All of this I'll soon forget With my man He's not much on looks He's no hero out of books But I love him Yes, I love him Two or three girls has he That he likes as well as Hello, hello to episode 50-something-something of the Feminine Critique. Mm-hmm. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. And after 50-something-something episodes, uh, that's us, and we're yep. still here. Yep, it hasn't changed. Don't try to put us down, folks. It ain't gonna happen. Now, as we normally do, we're talking about two movies today. Yes. Christine, tell the folks what two movies those are. We are talking about Dark Man, which IMDb is telling me is from 1990. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I, I don't think they'd lie. <laughs> and I'm all, have an honest I'm, face. And I'm also talking about Birdman. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I believe you mean Birdman or the virtue of ignorance or the, the unexpected oh, virtue sorry. of ignorance. Colon. Christine, say the full title. Birdman colon. It's not colon. Or, there's a colon in the IMDb. No, it's, Did IMDb oh, you're right. Oh, my God. It's a colon or and then parentheses. It, that can't be right. But no, either- that's how it's listed. And I know this is in the, like, apparently now record as the only best picture winner to ever have parentheses in its title. Well, good for them. Which is kind of surprising. Um, but Birdman, Birdman colon or. I don't. Now, oh, fuck. That really annoys me. Or the unexpected virtue of ignorance, which Emily wishes she had ignorance about how it's listed on IMDb. Exactly, because if it was Birdman, comma, or the rest of it without the parentheses, or if it was Birdman, um, and then parentheses, or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. But now somebody has to explain to me what the colon's doing there, because I am pretty good at grammar. Like, I'm not great at it for somebody who is an English major. Like, I should have been better at it, but still, (laughs) I'm good enough to know that doesn't make sense. No, maybe it's just the way it's listed on IMDb. That's possible. I don't know. We'll 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 resolve this issue, perhaps. I don't know. We can't promise anything, folks. We're only human. But before we talk about those, which, by the way, let me, before anything, give a little golf clap to my co-hostess who came up with that double bill, which hey, I think is brilliant. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Um, I struggle. <laughs> I know. I, it's usually really hard when I say, like, oh, it's your turn to pick, because especially the last couple times, I feel like I've picked, like, both movies. And so I don't like to do that. I'm no dictator. You know, I'm, you know, at, at most, I'm a monarch, right? I had to step up to the streets. You did. You did. I had to step up because you really put me to task, and I was like, other cliche thing I could say. <laughs> and I, I was like, I gotta bring it. <laughs> and you, you brought it. It was brought in. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so before we talk about um, our man double feature, uh, what else have you been watching? What other uh, culture have you been consuming? I've been watching some stuff. Yeah, have you been? Um, I watched a movie, but I'm going to skip it because ooh, it's going to be my recommend. Gonna, ooh, okay. I hope it's still on. I'll have to lady of mystery. I know. Um, so then I watched Scary Movie 5. Okay, is that the, I have to bring it I have to bring it up. Is okay, is that the one that's by the Wayans or is that one by the Zuckers? 
Scary Movie 5. Were there a lot of black people in it or more white people? Well, it's Ashley Tisdale and Simon Rex. Oh. Uh, Did this come come to the theaters? Maybe. It's from 2013. Um, Oh, my God. What is the parody in this one? Like, Uh, what are they parodying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's Paranormal Activity 2. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how good this movie is? Well, can we? I love Ashley Tisdale. I love the best thing in in the High School Musical movies. She's so funny. Yeah, she's really, really like a funny little comedic actress who does not get enough respect. Okay, they do a a black. It's coming back to me now as I look at the cast. They did a Black Swan parody in this. Okay, ridiculous. And there was some. There was some. What was I just? Oh, Paranormal Activity stuff, which I love. Of course. So this one really hit some stuff that I'm into. Okay. So fucking funny. Simon Rex was really funny. I cannot recommend this movie. Do I need to see part oh, one? Oh, Mama. Four? Mama was what it was. Obama? Okay. Ma- they, they parodied Mama. Oh, so- they parodied Obama. I'm like, wow, that is timely. I know. They knew what they were doing. Do you need to see this? Do I under- need to see parts one to four is what I'm asking. Um... Okay, so the first one is awful. Yeah. I but, think I've only seen, like, half of one and two. So... Like, is there a plot continuity? Am I going to be confused? I don't think so, no. Okay. No. no. Well, kind of. Well, oh, well. Okay, so... <laughs> so, so it I is like Saw, is what you're telling me. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead. No. Okay, I am. I'm skipping one movie. But then we watch Scary Movie 3. Oh, so you were going backwards. And then, uh, and then we watch Scary Movie 4. Whoa. You you were just like a collage of scary movies. So that's kind of why I'm having trouble um, maybe remembering okay. as well as I should. Um, so Scary Movie 5 was great. Scary Movie 3, I think, I thought was great. I was that the Charlie Sheen one? Well, he's been in a lot. Um, there's the one that parody signs. That's okay. I think that's three. And then four is kind of like the ring and... Um, for War of the Worlds. Okay, okay. Which just doesn't sound like it should be good, but it is. <laughs> but you're telling me it is. I maybe I'm getting so three is signs. I said that right. Yeah, yes. three is definitely signs, and then four. Four is the War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, but also the Ring at the same time. But wasn't the Ring? Didn't the Ring come out in like 2003? Yeah, I feel like they were really, not, really like late in their parodies. It's not timely. Okay. Um. So I'm going to say that... Oh, and this one also parodied um, Saw with Shaq and Dr. Phil. Okay. Somehow so, that makes sense. I'm just saying 3, 4, and 5 are really great. One is do terrible. I? Do, so what order do I watch them in? You can do it 3, 4, and okay. 5. You can do it in order. It doesn't take away if you don't, but it's cool. I didn't, I, I didn't know that, like, Simon Rex's character from 3 is, like like moves into four like it's weird okay like, so there's, there is there's a little bit of continuity but not enough to actually matter all right i hear like you. It, it it like kind of folds in on itself at points okay but i cannot i cannot speak highly enough about these the first one and probably the second one really taint things but they're 
boy, oh boy, is that fifth one funny. <laughs> if you have any love for that that woman, I do. That. She's Sharpay, and Sharpay is the best thing in those high school musicals. So funny. She's so fucking funny. Like, put her in everything. I Yeah. She really, like, we're both being, like, dead serious. She really does not get the respect she deserves as an actress. So you need to watch at least the fifth one. Okay. I will. You've convinced me. Good. So, so I watched a movie called Before I Go to Sleep, and I'm pretty sure that's got Nicole Kidman and Colin Firth in it, as well as Mark Strong. Okay, I know the movie you're talking about. Somebody was talking about it on our Facebook page, I think. Was it Fozzie? Yes. Okay. So I watched that, and I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it has a very forgettable title. Because <laughs> it sounds like a, um, what was the Wes Craven slasher? Oh. That was, um, oh, my soul to take. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> um. This movie was okay. It's, clearly, it didn't stick that much with mm. me. Everybody's good in it. It's kind of... It's like a psychological thriller, kind yeah. of, but like with a little bit of memento yeah. thrown in. I mean, you can watch it. I'm pretty sure it's streaming, and that's how we saw it. You can, you can watch it and get something out of it and stuff, but I would be really surprised if you walked away, like, impacted. You're like, saying it's no scary movie five, is what you're telling me. Very few things are, as you'll find out on my list. Yes. Um, I then watched Mission to Mars. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm excited. T- talk to me. Tell me stuff. I've never seen it all the way through. Yeah. How weird a tone is that movie? That movie is fucking bizarre. Who Do you the own fuck it? Was that made for? No, it was a long wait on Netflix, and I was I finally got it, and I was like, what? Okay, I'm like the first half hour. You're like, this is a horror movie. Like a dude just got ripped up in front of me, and then it I- turns into ET. I I want a commentary. Yeah, that's a movie that you know was studio every day giving Brian De Palma notes and being like, yeah, uh. well, Zach was saying that there's like a really storied production history with it. Um, there must have been. Uh, and like, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's bad. It is and all I, over the place in terms of its tone. It was yeah. PG rated, which makes yeah. no sense. It was really bizarre at times. Um, Don Cheadle looks like he is disgusted by Gary Sinise. Just like, can't even stand to be in the same scene with him. It's really weird. Oh, how did you feel about his hair? I remember you being very concerned about Gary Sinise's hair. He looks awful in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, but that's fine. I feel I like he did the movie because, like, when he did Apollo 13, he didn't get to go to space. So then he was like, I'm going to fucking go to space in the next movie I do. Oh my. And he that's did. a good theory. Yeah. And didn't, so tell me, were you like, I'm craving M&Ms and Dr. Pepper right now by the time that movie ended? There was, yeah. So it was, much product placement. There was a bizarre amount. It, it really did strike a strange Like, it's not think. easy to put that kind of product placement in a movie where they're on a spaceship going to Mars, but they managed in to, like, M&Ms are in that movie like 10 times. It's a weird, like, we're go- it's in the future, but it doesn't feel like it is. And no, not in that yeah. good, like, timeless way. It was just like, what are you guys doing? Did you forget at one point that yeah. this is in the future? And did you forget that you're rated PG and you've just had, like, 10 people die in front of me in a really brutal way? It. I, I'd have to look, and I'm sure somebody could tell us, but it feels like a ton of rewrites and, yeah. like, Different stories mashed together because there was it wasn't coherent at no, all. It, it's a um, weird, weird, and the CGI at the end is so oof, bad. Oof, so bad. Oh, I, oh, yeah. So I want a commentary. Is there is there a Criterion release of this? Oh, I take it. I I would like to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I followed that up with War of the Worlds. Because you did. Well, because I, I had seen it before, but I didn't really remember it. Mm-hmm. And when we were watching a scary movie four, I guess it was, um, Zach was like, this is, it's crazy how close it is to the real movie. We should watch it. And I was like, yeah, I'd look at that again. Because I didn't really remember it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a movie. I've never seen it beginning to end. I've mm-hmm. seen a good middle chunk of it. And I remember when I watched it thinking, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on here. There's so much cool stuff. But then the ending is so, um, uh, it's wimpy, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very... not like I needed people to die, but, but it does take this, like, big sacrifice. And it's like the Jurassic Park 3 thing, where yeah. you, a character makes a huge sacrifice, and it's a character that you're really behind and you care about. And then the very last scene, it's like, he's okay. So it's like, oh, so yeah. I care? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a bizarre ending. I remember the ending. It was just the guts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... It, but there is good stuff. There's good connective tissue. There's um, really stimulating visuals. Like, it does some stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's still Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, see, exactly. And I can say stuff about him sometimes, but mm. that it was good. That was him when I like him. And oh man, Dakota Fanning. She she says things in this, like, and I'm like, oh boy, I'm stunted, because that little 10-year-old girl reminds me way too much of me. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you've had, like, doppelgangers on Jeopardy Ooh. for the past two weeks. There keeps, like, we watch Jeopardy every day, and twice in the last two weeks, was there a different contestant who both of us looked at each other, we're like, she kind of looks like Christine. <laughs> one of them was blonde, and then the other one was brunette. And there was just, like, little things about them that I'm like, she really reminds me of Christine. And you won one day, so good for you. Good for me. I wonder if I can look at Jeopardy history and Mm. see. Yeah, I can probably remember which days if if I needed to. There's, like, a site I could go look at. Um, (laughs) Jeopardy contestants that look like ChristineMakePeace.com. Well, no, I mean, like, if somebody's logging them. Right, right. Like, rating hot or not kind of thing for Jeopardy contestants. Oh, that's a fun site. We just made millions off that. I'm going to go to URL Network Solutions right now and buy it. Yep. Hot or not Jeopardy? <laughs> yes. Dot com. Dot, yes. dot edu. Oh, God. Now, okay, you keep talking. I'm checking if that's taken. Right, go for it. Okay. Um, Zach and I decided to revisit the Underworld movies. Okay. Um, I've only ever seen the third one, and I loved it. <gasps> really? Oh, my gosh. This is so shocking. So we only watched the first two because I couldn't pay attention. Like, I, I, could, I was in another world, and it wasn't an Underworld. Uh, mm. I didn't... Like, I can't believe I enjoyed the first one when it came out. The second one was just a yawn fest. Okay. And and those are to- those were my jam. Like, mm. that movie was, like, most anticipated of 2013? Whenever? No, I don't know. way 2003. before that. 2003. Yeah. Had to have been not 13. That was just a couple of years <laughs> ago. Uh, but I did I, I So if you're saying three was good for you, then I will, I will consider Well, here's, let me give you the full story about three. I had never seen one or two. Erica and I went to see the Friday the 13th remake in the theaters on a Friday night. We were so excited. We snuck in beer and we sat down to watch it. And for the first like 10 minutes, we're like, yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the movie happened and we were so pissed off by the end of the movie and we were angry and we were not happy. So we start leaving and then we see that Underworld 3 was just starting and we're like, "Eh, you know, we're just going to sneak right in and watch it. And knowing nothing about the Underworld movies, I didn't know that it was like a prequel. I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. are they all set in olden times? And I, I thought that was Kate Beckinsale the whole time, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's the chick nope. from Doomsday. Um, yeah. 
But I thought the third one was just really fun. And Michael Sheen is great in it. And he, here's what I love about him. And I will go on record as saying I'm the biggest fan of him. Because right around the time that movie came out, he did an interview with New York Newsday, the newspaper of Long Island. And the interviewer, it was right around the same time that Frost Nixon came out. Mm-hmm. So the interviewer was asking all these questions about Frost Nixon and then kind of throws in a question of, so is it hard to go from something, you know, with so much weight and respect to it like Frost Nixon to then do something silly like Underworld? And Michael Sheen, bless his skinny little heart was like, actually, I don't know how to answer that question. I find it really disrespectful. Um, You know, I treat, I take all of my roles, I treat them all with the same weight, and I've done three Underworld movies now, and I love the character, I love the world, I love the fans, they really love it, I really connect to it, so I don't treat it any differently than I would something like Frost Nixon. So I love that man, and respect him. And Bill Nye in Underworld 3 is so great! He just, the way he turns... In that movie, he, every time he like walks away, he does this like sachet turn where he has a giant coat and it like snaps. Well, I'm glad he's back because he, he's only back because it could be because uh, it's a flashback. Yeah. yeah. Thing. No, I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know that I ever care to watch the first two. I just really yeah. like the third one. Well, that gives me hope. I will look at it. Okay. Oh, have uh, you, you haven't seen the third one. No, I stopped. We stopped. Because I didn't like it. Okay. No, it's a very different... From what, again, I'm saying this, I haven't seen the first two, so I don't know for sure. But the third one is set in, like... 1000 AD like it is yeah, set entirely in the flashback. past. Because they do a little flashback action in the f- first? Second one, maybe? Okay, um, okay. Maybe both of them. I'm not sure. But Give give um, three a go. I, I guarantee it is special. Okay. Lots of Bill Nye. Well, which is good. Yeah. And he is bitchy in that movie. Oh, I'm going to rewatch it, I think. Yeah. You should. I'll Gonna. watch it. We'll, we'll get around to okay. it. Okay. Um, I watched The Coca-Cola Kid. Okay. Which is, which is a movie starring Eric Roberts because I was on an right. Eric Roberts podcast. That's right. You were. Yeah. How do you feel about The Coca-Cola Kid? It was terrible. You should watch oh. it right now. No. Oh. It's it wasn't good but i mean it was fun to talk about and it was nice that the people that host the eric roberts podcast also didn't really enjoy it <laughs> that is always a good thing otherwise maybe, you feel bad being the maybe, like, buzzkill exactly made me feel better about me so yeah, good good it was fun it was a good experience um it's it's a podcast called eric roberts is the fucking man and <laughs> it's hosted by my internet friend and i believe also your internet yeah, friend yep, yep. doug um, and it was fun to be on his show, even though I had to talk about Eric Roberts to do it. <laughs> we'll put a link up on the Facebook page when you yeah. So, yeah, I watched that. I mean, cool. I watched it on um, YouTube, so it's readily available yeah, for all. Yeah, classy. Then I went to a video store and I rented movies. What? I know. We have, what? We have a couple here. In, no. In the office. Uh, one of them is called Vulcan. Like, did you is- bring it back? Did you rewind it? Um, it was a, it was a DVD. Oh, a DVD. Okay. Um, it was great. It was so fun to be able to look through their insane, extensive section. Nice. So I went in looking for a movie that I had recently read about, starring Alden Alda. Alden Alda. Alden Alda. Alan, yes. Alan Alda and um, Jacqueline Bisset, I think, isn't it? But it's called the Mephisto Waltz. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have. I've it's heard the title. Like, or it's I've like just a, heard about him as this Mr. Waltz. 
a like a questioning the the female protagonist's sanity and like Satanism movie, and I was like, oh, I want to watch this, and I don't know if I want to buy it. I can't seem to find it anywhere, mm-hmm. so I went to the video store and they had it, and I was floored to get this movie. It was great. So the movie's pretty good. Okay. If you ever get a chance to watch it, Alan Alda's great in it, and he plays the piano, and it's really I have really a lot of fun. random connections to Alan Alda, now that I think about it. He's great. I was on a plane with him once. He's great. Yeah. Um, Brandon's convinced that my dad sounds exactly like him. I don't hear it, but... Well, uh, you might be desensitized to it. It's possible. And he's a Long Island guy, so it's a, you know he's one of those like sightings you see. And yeah. He yeah. college once. I might actually be his daughter, now that I think oh, about it. Dun, dun, dun. Lucky you. Indeed. So you should watch it if you get a chance. It's on a yeah. disc, one of those double discs with something else. Okay. I, okay. I can't remember what the other movie is, but I'm glad I found it there. Do you know what else I found there? I don't. A DVD of the original Oculus short. Ooh, how exciting! So I watched that. Yeah. It was cool. Neat. Um, it's there's parts of it that are like super similar to the okay. movie. How it long is you, it? Oh gosh. Like five minutes, forty minutes? Not neither of those. Twenty minutes. minutes. Twenty minutes. Okay. It wasn't like really long, but it's outstanding to see this original thing, which is really just a shell of an idea, but also made for a really interesting watch. And how they made it into like a full movie, a successful one. Right. I'm just so into that. That's just the coolest thing to me. It was really neat. It Did was he super... make it before Absentia or after? Do you know? Um, I'm trying to find it right now. Okay. So I wanted, I wanted to get you an actual um, like runtime on it. Mm-hmm. Then well, I just, it's so funny you say that because uh, one of the things I watched this week was Absentia. Ah, had you seen it? I had not, no. And oh. it was going off instant. It's probably off now. So it was one of those like, oh, God, I should finally watch it because I kept not watching it. My mom made us watch it. I told you that, right? You did. You liked it, right? I liked it with an asterisk. Yeah. The ending? Yeah. There were parts of it I didn't like, but much like Oculus, which w- the runtime was 32 minutes. Okay. Thank you. Um, Much like Oculus Chapter 3, The Man with the Plan is is the title of it. You can see greatness. Agreed. Yeah. There's there's a mirror, two little, like, TV stands, and a chair in this fucking room. And that's all there is. And it was genuinely creepy. It was interesting. Like, it was, like, really low budget and mm-hmm. shoestringy. And, like, you could tell a dude just... You know, making a right, movie. Right, he's making something to show what he can do without money. Yeah. Yeah, this is 2006. Absentia says 2011. Okay. But I know Absentia was, like, crowdfunded, I it was, think. Uh, yeah, that's, that's Yeah, what, so it was probably I'm... one of those, like, he had it script ready for a while. Probably filmed half of it and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, and Absentia, like, it's, I am so excited. It's, like, one of those, one, my favorite thing is when I see a new horror movie that I'm excited about. Yeah. And then I see another movie by the director, and I'm still excited. Yep. And that's the thing about him, is he, he's going to do great things, I think. Because, oh. you're right, Absentia has, there's a, there's a lot of great things to it. The, um, 
the way it's essentially like all these little mysteries that are like constantly being planted and some of them are solved and some of them aren't. Yeah. Like who's the father of the woman's baby and what's in the girl's box and what's in that plastic bag and like all these little things that like help to just kind of build up on the like what the fuck is going on here. Mm-hmm. And I was like when it ended, I was because I was so into it and then it ended and I'm like, oh. Okay. But then a couple days later, like when I started writing about it and thinking about it more, I kind of, I liked it more after the fact. Yeah. There's, there's things in that movie that I still think about. Yeah. Which is huge because I watched movies earlier this week that I had to muster what they were about. Like he's, he's real good. He's great. He's he's doing shit. Like he's got that before I wake movie that's out or coming out. Okay. Have you seen the previews for it? I don't know. It was what's her face, little blonde girl. Not he's, she's Dakota not a fanning she's a woman. No, she's a woman. That was rude of me. Um, Ashley Tisdale, blonde woman. I can't think of. I accidentally. He's doing Gerald's game too. Oh, that's exciting. I haven't read Gerald's game. I've meant to, but maybe not. Yeah, wait till after I did a long out. time ago. What is that one? Kate Bosworth. Kate. It's a Kate Bosworth movie. Okay. And there's like a little boy that his dreams come to life or something. Okay. Right. I'm kind of excited to see it. All right. I I have drank his Kool Aid. I will I will do oh. what a uh, follow him blindly. Me too. I'm glad you have as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really into it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was excited enough about Absentia to go to, to say, well, now I kind of do want to see Oculus because I right. saw Absentia once Oculus was already kind of people were talking about it. And after that, I was like, done, sold, whatever. Mm-hmm. So cool. I'm glad you saw that and enjoyed it. I did. What else did you uh, watch? I had to jump in front of you for that. No, it's okay. There's um a two disc set. A Blu-ray set going around that was real, real cheap of Poltergeist two and three. So oh, I bought any uh, features on that. I don't think so. Oh, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Honestly, didn't get a chance to look. Like I was so excited to watch Poltergeist three. <laughs> I I will defend Poltergeist three. It is it's a flawed so movie, but it's flawed because of circumstances and because they had to stop filming because. A six-year-old or eight-year-old girl died, and everybody was sad and didn't want to finish the movie, but they had yeah. to. <laughs> like, that's a movie that suffered a really unfortunate fate. Uh, where the is so garbagey, though. Yeah, I just remember that the second one. I have a I have a soft spot because I, I saw it in a drive-in, and I remember seeing it in the drive-in, and it also made me scared of braces for a very long time. I can see that. Yeah. Like they got they, that that old dude. Yep, it's super creepy, it's creepy. and great. But, like, in the second one, if you watch it, like, now, knowing that he's super creepy, they let him talk way too much. Yeah, agreed. Takes the creepy It was out. one of those, like, they didn't know how to maintain what made the first one good, so they just yeah. kind of like, oh, we'll go darker. But yeah. three is, is... Three is disturbing. It's creepy. It's fucking creepy. The mirror stuff and the... Like, and the setting is great. The idea of it being in this, like, luxury high-rise... Um, all the stuff with her, like, running across the mirrors and the, blah, like, I'm getting the chills thinking about some of those scenes. Yeah. I like that director a lot. That's Gary Sherman, who did um, Dead and Buried and Lisa and a few other things where he's, uh, he did a lot of TV stuff. Oh, yeah. I did look at, I looked at his, um, I liked it enough to look at his filmography. You, you would like Lisa, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it was I on Instant Watch for a while. It might still be. I liked what he was doing. Um, with this movie, so yeah, it's. I mean, it is a. Um, you know, it, it is flawed, and I would never say it's it's great, but there is a lot of really creepy yeah. things going on in there. And so it's, yeah, 
so pardon my ignorance, but I, I understand the circumstances. But is that why in the back half of the movie it does seem to become someone else's movie? I believe so. Because okay. even the ending, I know, I think... Um, like I, rem- I remember hearing how there was a lot of stuff they didn't finish filming before Heather O'Rourke died. Yeah. And it had a different ending. I can't remember who, like... I think, um, spoiler alert, I think Tangina sacrifices herself. Yeah. I think originally it's her that does it. And they were like, well, we're, we're not doing that. Like, A, we can't film it. We have to, like, but also that's just way, you know. And yeah. I think, like, I, I remember reading an interview with, um, like, the young guy, the leading, like, the Lara Flynn Boyle's boyfriend in the movie. Yeah. And he, like, was talking about how like the whole experience and how it was like they had to come back for a few weeks and nobody wanted to be there. Everybody was just so sad and bummed and they did all these rewrites and it, there were a lot of things that they had to change last minute filming wise. And just the energy of the entire crew was just so down. Yeah. That, well, you know, for good reason. Yeah. You can't come back from that. That's a shame. Hmm. Well, I mean, there you go. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, no, guess, I, I, agree. I guess their toils were worth it because I liked it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, that's me. All right. Um, I have a mix of things. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. I can't remember. Did I talk about the um, Michael Ironside, Jennifer Grey, Costas Mandalore movie I watched? Oh, gosh. That sounds like so many of the things that you want. <laughs> that's, that's really true. Wait, uh, what's it called? Uh, Portraits of a Killer. Oof. So, I as I said, I was in that um, very, like, mid-90s um, mood for, like, sleazy stuff. So, this was on both Amazon and mm-hmm. Netflix Instant. I watched this during jury duty, which was great. Oh, awesome. um, It's fun because it's not sleazy enough at all. Like, it is so tame. But it's about Costas Mandalore as a photographer who's taking pictures of prostitutes and they all end up dead. So, cool. like, prostitutes, Costas Mandalore, saxophone. Like, it should be really sleazy, but there's, like, no nudity, no sex. Um, it's really not good, except there's some really great slow motion and a ridiculous twist ending, so naturally I recommend it. Um, I tried watching, because uh, I had asked for 90s recommends, and Eric had suggested Jennifer 8. I watched an hour of it, mm-hmm. and I was so bored. And I was, oh, like, really? not, I couldn't get into it. It's Uma Thurman, um, Andy Garcia, uh, Kevin Conway, Kathy Baker. Like, it's a really good cast. And it's about a killer that's killing blind chicks, and Uma Thurman's blind. Okay. I, I was yes. so bored. And then I get, like... I, I realize, you know, it's time to go to work, so I go to shut it off, and I realize I have another hour left of this movie. Oof. I'm like, no, no, you know what? I'm walking away from this one. I'm walking away. I, that reminds me, though, I wanted to look up who the killer was, just so at least I know how it ends. Um, I watched uh, from TCM. I recorded some stuff, including a movie I'd never seen on my shame list, Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John Saxon. Uh, it, was, it was good and stuff. You know, um, yeah, it was good and stuff. Well, okay. Well, you've, you've sold me. I have. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'll admit, I didn't like sit down and watch it. I watched it while I was doing other stuff. Well. You know, so I'm, you know. Uh, I, I, I've not seen it. I've read a lot. You yeah. Know, being what I used to do and yep, stuff. Like, I've read a lot about it and it's, I should probably watch it. I feel ill-equipped with the knowledge I have to speak about it intelligently. I understand I've, that. Yeah. I've never seen it. That's why I'm kind of going past it. Yeah. Because, again, I feel like it's one of those, like, you know, cult classics that yeah. I didn't really give my full attention to. 
Understood. Um, I okay. So my jury duty again was yeah. Fun. How? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> jury what duty. Happened? Oh God. It's just like okay. When I you had it, love jury duty. No, I love jury duty when I don't have a job. I love jury oh. duty when I can go and sit in a room for hours on end and like read and stuff. Yeah, I got some good reading done that day. Yeah, but in this case, that day, ha, 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 ha. You have to go a bunch. Uh, yeah, the first day, absolutely nothing happened. So it was fun. I watched movies. I read a book. I answered work emails. Second day, halfway through the day, we got called in, and the entire pool got called in Oof. for trial. And everything about it was awful because the uh, like the acoustics in the courtroom were so bad that every – you know, so the judge would call 12 people at a time to sit down, and he'd have them go through a list of questions, and everything they said, they'd have to repeat, because they like you couldn't hear them the first time. Ugh. And of course, you have these people that you just start to hate. Yep. Because the judge will say, like, okay, if you know that, you know, question number 15, which is, will you, or can you not be impartial to this uh, trial? If you know the answer is no, then start with that. So, of course, you have people that sit there and go five, ten minutes going through all the questions, talking about their lives, blah, blah, and they get to question number 15 and they're like oh but my husband's a cop so actually i don't think i should be on this on this trial <sighs> gee i'm so glad i got to know you singer songwriter from iowa not even no. kidding she was one of them singer fucking songwriter from iowa who dragged out every fucking question and then at the very end she was like well i live in a building that had a lot of drugs so i don't know that um i can really be fair in this trial you could have told me that three singer songwriters yeah. ago but anyway um were you, then, in, were you in Queens? Where were you? No, in uh, Manhattan, down in like Chinatown, Little Italy area. Oh, I've never been to that one. Yeah, it's not very exciting. Oh, but the most exciting thing about it is like the the guy, the clerk was awesome. Like, And that was the thing was both him, the judge, and like the bailiff were all really good humored. So like they would kind of, they kind of kept you entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when like they sit you all down, they're like, okay, there's Wi-Fi in here. You know, there is a couch in the other room if you need to sit down. So many people snore, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of that. That's um, so funny. I only do when I'm drunk, but people in jury duty snore quite a bit. But he's going through everything, and he's like, okay, you know, and there's also a bookshelf up here if anybody, you know, doesn't have anything to do. Do you know what was on the bookshelf? <gasps> what? Um, a paperback of Wuthering Heights and an entire Encyclopedia Britannica 1985 edition. So that's your choices. That's your choices. You could sit there and start reading about the Soviet Union. How amazing is that? That's yeah. You would think they think that was be a my plan. Bit. By like the third day, I'm like, if I'm telling you, if I'm still in this room, I'm going into the encyclopedia. So you had to go back three days. I had to go back because then, like, so the second day we were in the pool, but they hadn't picked the full jury yet, so we had to go back on Monday to still pick the jury. Oh my gosh! I know. And the whole thing was, I'm like, I know I can get out of the case if they call me. I have an out, and I'm going to start with number fifteen, and I'm not going to waste anybody's time. But they haven't called me yet. And yeah. then halfway through the day, the defendant like grabbed the microphone and was like, uh, I. I want new representation i don't want i want a new lawyer so then they just kind of like kicked us all out because then i guess it would have been a mistrial or something yeah yeah so i mean it was exciting kind of but just annoying because i'm like i have shit to do at my job i'd much rather be there i have yeah. never been so happy to go to work as i was the day after jury duty ended like i walked <sighs> into the office i was like hey everybody i'm back yeah it feels good hey yeah yeah um so what i read during jury duty was uh red dragon <gasps> and I had not read it did before. you hate it? No, I enjoyed it. Oh, really? I, I mean, I liked reading Sounds of the Lambs, too. I, I, Hannibal, I think, as a book is terrible. But uh, I liked reading Red Dragon. Did you hate reading Red Dragon? 
Yeah. Why? I don't I don't like the way that that man writes. Mm, okay. I understand. <laughs> He's like just he has this style that's very <laughs> Just be real literal about what he's saying okay. sometimes. I can see that. Like, let's move this story along. Now the people walked down the street. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. literally have them walk out. To, uh, whatever. I, but I'm glad that you liked it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the narrative. Um, so then I watched both Manhunter and Red Dragon. Oh, <gasps> You watched Manhunter? I did. Uh, and it, it was really funny because we had talked a little bit about it on the Mad, Bad, Downright Strange podcast episode that we were both on a few weeks ago. And I said, I, I'm not really a Michael Mann fan. Yeah. Usually I find his his style is very remote to me. And I I know we have many friends who just love the man. Yeah. Um, the man. The Michael Mann. But... I just, it's, and I understand it's the same way a lot of people feel about musicals or something else. I just can't connect to his stuff. Mm-hmm. But this one I did. And maybe it's because I had the material in my head and I like knew the material well. Um, what's interesting is it's so, as an adaptation, it's so lean. Like it's yeah. really, it's almost more just like, okay, here's the story. We're going to just write a completely separate screenplay about it. Like it doesn't feel, especially when you watch Red Dragon right after, which is, very much more faithful to the book and has a lot yeah. more content to it. But I felt like to its detriment, maybe. Yeah. Well, and with Red Dragon, the other problem Red Dragon has is you watch it and you kind of feel like the movie is so excited to have Anthony Hopkins that they're just going to give him so much more to do yeah. than he really needs to. Uh, and I mean, he, he's in very little of the book and it's you know it is not a Hannibal movie but they give they make it kind of a Hannibal movie mm-hmm. um and but Manhunter I found I really enjoyed there's a lot of things I enjoyed about it uh I I really liked the and this is not something I usually like from Michael Mann but the the entire style of it the kind of like electronic music and the very neon feel yeah. to it like it's dated visually in a way that makes it feel really stylized when you watch yeah, it now. Yeah, it makes it really interesting to yeah. watch. like every scene, you could see what he's doing with color, and yeah. I've never felt that way about Michael Mann before. I'm usually just bored, but in this one, I was, like, actively watching, and, and everything about it is so sparse um, that you just notice everything, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really liked William Peterson. I thought, yeah. like, he's, because uh, he's really dark in it, like... I believe, and because the thing I think that he's trying to get to in the book is that Will Graham, you know, like Hannibal kind of says it to him, like, Will Graham could be Hannibal. Will Graham uh, has that darkness in him that the reason he understands things is because he really deep down could be a killer very easily. Mm -hmm. And I believe that about William Peterson, where I did not believe that about Ed Norton in Red Dragon at all. Like, no, he's really a nice guy, and he's, you know, really just trying this whereas William Peterson was just something really scary about him that I liked mm-hmm. um, and I mean Red Dragon is one of those like how the fuck did they get that cast everybody yeah. in that movie you get Emily Watson you get uh, Harvey Cocktail you get Philip Seymour Hoffman you get Ray Fiennes you get this ridiculously good cast um, and I think it's okay like I don't I know people hate Red Dragon in part because it's Brett Ratner I think a lot of times if they don't know that going in you're not as maybe prone to hate it mm-hmm. um brandon really likes red dragon uh i liked it if i d- hadn't read 
the book. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have liked it as much. Like, I don't think I liked it that much the first time I watched it a couple of years ago. But uh, it's an interesting comparison. Um, not smart to do so close to reading the book, just because you're, especially with Manhunter, there's, it's impossible to know what, if I would have been affected the same way yeah. without knowing all this other stuff about the characters that isn't on screen. Um, but I definitely recommend watching both of them at some point down the line because mm-hmm. it's, it's just an interesting comparison. Uh, okay, Absentia, I talked about. Uh, we continuing our bond. So we did... Um, Ooh, fun. Indeed, we did Casino Royale a couple weeks ago. So then we did Quantum of Solace. Fuck I think I see movie. This movie, this is all... Okay, watching it, and I knew that... Which I'll, one's this? This is Mark Forster, who did World War Z and Finding Neverland. Yeah. Um, it is... Uh, okay, Olga Kuryenko is the Bond girl. Um, oh, what's her name? Gemma Arturin is, okay. uh, has a small part. The villain is... Oh, God, see, it took me so long to remember who the villain was. The villain is the little French guy from The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Dang. Maybe I've never seen this one. Um, I thought I had. It's interesting in... Well, there was one thing that was really good about it. Was the Even though it's actually... No, it's actually one of the shorter Bond movies. It's paced really well. Where mm-hmm. I wasn't bored. It constantly moves. Um... You know, I always say every Bond movie is too long. This one didn't wasn't too long because it wasn't as long as most of them. And it also, like, it moved well. I was impressed yeah. by that. But watching this movie, I, like, started, I'm like, the, the everything about the dialogue I thought was bad. The action scenes are terribly shot to where they're shot so close to the action that I had no understanding of what was going on. Ugh, I'm like, I don't know really... who's chasing who, where am I, what's the danger here? I take huge issue with yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't understand, like, the first two action sequences, I actually did not understand what was happening. Yep. Um, the villain is really boring. Uh, like, there is nothing to remember about him. He's not... It doesn't have a camp factor to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, and it's just, it's not... The dialogue isn't snappy, and then I looked up and realized, oh, interesting. Yep. the fi- One of the IMDb trivia bits is that the final draft was handed in an hour before the writer's strike. Oof. And you can feel it. Like, it does feel like a hastily written movie. It's yeah. just not... Especially compared to Casino Royale, where the, where the screenplay is clever. Um, this one is not. And it also has um, this kind of weird undercurrent of meanness to it. Yeah. This is a very mean Bond movie. Where, where clearly those are not my favorite because I like the if I like any of them. Yeah, I and that's me too. I usually like the Roger Moore ones, um, and this one just has, uh, you know, there's like there's rape in it, and it's kind of thrown in in places that it really doesn't belong, and that you don't need it, and it's there as a motivation for one character, but it just. It just gives everything this, like, darkness to it. Um, another character that, like, you get... Actually, no, two really likable characters die in really kind of mean, brutal ways. Like, this was just... Especially coming from Casino Royale, such a massive step back. Oh, is this where he cries in the shower? No, that was the other one. That was the other one. Yeah, okay. Casino Damn Royale. it, maybe I yeah. didn't see this one. None of the pictures are... Dragon my Gemma memory. one has uh, red hair in it. Yeah, I don't know. I just saw that in a picture, but none of this is. Maybe I like, don't I'm know. trying maybe... to even think of like the action scenes or anything. Yeah. 
Like the Maybe final the, scene is in a desert. It looks like there's a, a big eyeball. Like, ugh, I don't know. I just, I really, really found it um, yeah. kind of loathsome, I guess. Um, but from what I've heard, Skyfall redeems it. So we shall see when I get to that. Yeah, let me know. I I wasn't wild about Skyfall. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to watch it soon. Yeah, it's something. But I would okay. like to hear your thoughts. I uh, Just a few more. I watched um, Stephen King's It was uh, on TV and I recorded most of it. Awesome. It's really annoying to talk about it because I, I read it when I was on vacation. Yeah, I it's love so it. annoying to talk about because you keep saying it and then yeah, you know, it was not good. Um, it was fun watching the miniseries. <laughs> I hadn't watched it in a really long time mm-hmm. because there's so much dated about it and there's so much just in terms of um, it's fun to see like little Seth Green and little Emily Perkins. Yeah. Uh, and how some of it works so well and then other parts just work it's terribly because yep. you have tim curry who just it really just the entire movie should have just been him without any special effects because he's just so great um but then you have some of the cgi or not cgi the stop motion and just like other stuff that you just want to start like doing mr science 3000 to it um so it's an interesting one and i really do hope they eventually make a quality movie out of it because i'm very intrigued but we'll see um also on tcm i recorded a movie because why wouldn't i record a movie called zombies of broadway yep 1945 bella lugosi it's a comedy uh about uh, a production team that goes to uh somewhere in the caribbean to bring back zombies uh, it's trying very hard to be like an Abbott and Costello kind of thing. It's not very mm-hmm. funny. It's not very good, but I was entertained. Uh, we also watched Annie Get Your Gun on TCM, which uh, musical, which, you know, there's no business like show, business like no, yep. business like no. Had um, you seen it before? I had not. And that I knew a like lot of the songs, but I had never, yeah, I just had never sat down and watched it. Uh, it's it's fun. It's really it's you know it's one of those kind of big, broad, brassy musicals, uh, mm-hmm. and it is like genuinely funny in parts. And Annie is great. I forget the actress. Um, it was supposed to be Judy Garland, but you know, sniff sniff, drink drink, mm-hmm. that didn't work out. She had a cold. Yep. She yeah, she very 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 much. Um, I forget the actress Barbara something, but and she's great. And, like, you're, you're kind of in for the movie. Like, there are, there's a lot of racial, you know, there's Indians. Like, there's a whole song about, now I'm an Indian, too. And it's, you know, they take that out of most productions nowadays. Um, but then it ends on, like, the most uh, chauvinistic note you can have, which is basically Annie um, realizing she's a better shot than her boyfriend, but that he just can't handle not being the best. So she decides she's going to throw the tournament. And, like, he's just like, yay, I win! And they, like, go off together, and you're like, oh, 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 no. that's sad. Yeah, so, like, that's disappointing. Um, if you watch it with your kids, dads and moms, like, just kind of, I don't know, make up a different ending when you get there. <laughs> uh, and then two documentaries, The Farm, Life in Angola, which was a documentary about um, the prison in Louisiana. I don't want to go to prison. I'm never, I'm going to be very good because I don't want to go to prison because it doesn't look fun. Uh, and a 30 for 30 documentary, Into the Wind, which is about the guy's name that I can't remember, Billy something, who was a runner. And in the late 70s, early 80s, I think, he lost one of his legs to cancer and decided he was, he ran, was running across Canada from one coast to the other 
like to raise awareness and everything else for it. And um, really interesting. One of those, like I, I teared up quite a bit. I did not know this story. I guess if you've seen Forrest Gump, like you probably kind of get the idea, um, but without the whole, except he only has one leg thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very sad and very inspiring. And, you know, it, it it's a, it's a good watch if you like want to be emotional and stuff. Um, and then a uh, TV. I we finished up Daredevil. What did you think? Uh, didn't end quite as strong as it started. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. Yeah, but I still enjoyed it overall, and like it had me excited for next season. So I yeah, think. I will definitely check back in with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of um, towards the tail end, a lot of late nights of me kind of just struggling to keep. Yeah, especially because yeah, really, I got to a point where I'm like, I really just wish this were about Madame Gao. Yeah. Because she's yeah. awesome. Uh, and I started, I'm only a few episodes in, but I know you were a fan. I started Hannibal. <gasps> because then it was yeah. like, well, I guess I just have to watch the whole canon, don't I? Yeah, it's, I like it a lot. There's some, I think season one's super solid all the way through. There's some weak stuff in season two. Okay. So far, season three's been awesome. So. Now, is it going to, end, like, are they going to be able to end it, you know? Well, I just saw something on Facebook a little before we started recording mm-hmm. um, that said somebody has picked it up. Oh, okay. Because I know Netflix and Amazon passed. Yeah, I'm not sure who it was. I can't, again, as Facebook app is want to do, I can't find it. Okay. Again, but they, this the tail end of season three, or the second half of season three, rather, is supposed to go into the Red Dragon storyline. Yeah, which is... So we're cool. supposed to get Francis Dollarhide, which is what I've been waiting for. Yeah, oh, I'm God, yeah. I'm waiting for that, but... Yep. Um, um, and you can promise me that none of the dogs die, right? Oh, no. No, they're awesome. You love they, them. Okay. Because in the very first episode, I actually, like, almost paused it and went on Facebook to the um, the TV group to say, like, guys, you have to tell me. I am already attached to the dogs. If they, if you're going to tell me that they die, I'm not watching the rest of this show. But yeah, I've been told that they're okay. They're okay. I think you'll like it, but I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. I might be a little bit biased because... I don't know. I just I really dug in early, and I mm-hmm. I've been singing its praises for so long that I don't know if I <laughs> if I even mean it. Anymore. Yeah, I'm only a few episodes in. Um, so far, I'm really enjoying it. It's pretty, right? It's very, oh, it's gorgeous, and it doesn't look like anything else on TV, which is pretty yeah. neat. Uh, the last episode I watched, which I thought was excellent, was when um, you meet Gina Torres, Lawrence Fishburne's wife. <gasps> yes, and she finds out she has cancer, and I thought that was. That episode did that so well. Yeah. Just everything about, within one episode, their marriage and who she was and how she was handling it. I was like, fucking, yeah. Oh, I think you're going to like it. Okay. Even if, even if you feel like pulling back every so often, mm-hmm. maybe give yourself a little distance, but go back in because I think, I, think, I think you of all people will find okay. stuff to be worth it. I'm disturbed by the fact that I know it shouldn't make me hungry, but it kind of makes me hungry. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're alone. Okay, good. All right, so that's everything I've been watching. All right. Uh, take a break. You want to go chronological? Sure. Dark Man first? Okay. Sure. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Sam Raimi's Dark Man. Someday, I will find my prince. He may be far away, but I know he will come. Oh 
seen it okay i'd seen it a few years ago it was a, a movie early on in uh my courtship with brandon if you will oh yeah i'd never seen it and he had it and i remember watching it on one of our early dates together that's so, cute yeah a little special one for that um so directed by sam raimi written by him and a bunch of other people including possibly the cohen brothers yeah oh i have to add this in because i didn't tell you i watched drag me to hell oh oh had you seen it before Yes, because the entire time I was watching this, I said, oh, I wish I was watching Drag Me to Hell. Oh, So then really? I watched Drag Me to Hell. And then were you like, I wish I was watching Dark Man? No. I don't think that has ever happened or will ever happen. So you, right off the bat, are not a fan of this one. Well, this is a movie about a, a man who is dark. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Should, if we, should we synopsize? Well, give me a synopsis. Yeah. So Liam Neeson is a scientist, and he's working on some fake skin he's working thing? on face offing yeah like face a skin thing, regenerative thing it. it's like 3d so, printing but with face off yeah it was a lot like 3d printing yeah so i from what i understand his his significant other who is francis mcdormand in mm-hmm. this movie um she has some information that some bad guys would like so some bad guys come to his lab and they kill they they <laughs> think they kill him is yeah there's there's ways to handle that a little cleaner but that's what it was right like yeah he, it wasn't him specifically it was the information that it was she purely had. the information it was she had a memo yeah that um exposed her employer um and so rather than just like coming in and grabbing the memo the hitmen come in and burn the place down and like really brutally murder him kind of and his assistant set the place on fire but don't yep. actually kill him no they don't because when when something explodes he flies up into the air yep as we know um, happens so liam neeson is this man <laughs> that's the only thing and i know about is dark um i knew it was sam raimi and i knew it was liam neeson mm-hmm. um wackiness ensues i guess uh he's all messed up and i would say pretty crazy yeah okay thank yes. you yes oh very much yeah no okay. he kind of loses it a bit when because they talk about it when um he's uh, rescued if you will by um people and he's essentially people. for like a month or so he's being like tested on and everything yeah uh and jenny jenny agutter in a nice little cameo oh i did see that huh yeah I forgot about that uh she's like the doctor who's talking about like they've basically been using him for research because they just think he's a homeless guy who was badly burnt so they that's just, what like, you do to homeless that's what you do you put him on like a wheel of fortune and mount it against a wall and spin him around all day and the way she talks about him is very much as if whatever they're doing to him is just really fucking him up and nobody cares because they just think he's like a vegetable yeah because the, one of the things is he can't feel pain right right yes yes okay. that's right because she's like stabbing him and stuff so he's 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 not taken this well 
No, he's gone. He's no. gone a bit nutty. Yeah, that's fair. So he goes back to his his science place that got blown up, and he grabs some equipment, and he goes to an abandoned factory, mm-hmm. and he sets up shop, and he wants to make some skin. Now, what we learn in the beginning is he has not perfected the skin making game. Right. It, after ninety nine minutes or something, something like that, yeah, it explodes. Like it doesn't like disintegrate. It doesn't. Like, turn to jelly, it straight up explodes. It starts smoking and explodes. So, that is what this movie is about. It is about him going to places for 99 minutes wearing other people's masks. And <laughs> I got 99 minutes and a dark man he, is dark. He doesn't plan well. Well, I mean, he's, he makes mistakes. And, let me say this, guess what? It can stay stable. You know what you gotta do? Keep it out of the sun. You know what he doesn't do? Keep it out of the sun. He's constantly in the sun. He's like, let's go to this fair let's during go to the day. Yeah, let's go stand right under the sun and he could, for he an hour. Gone out after sunset, mm-hmm. and it would have been fine. He could have been like, let's go to a dimly lit restaurant. Exactly, and everything will be great. But now, this movie, despite being called Dark Man, takes place during the day. Yeah, that was <laughs> that. You know, I didn't think about it, but that is something that does bother me about it. it a little bit of a misnomer. Unless, I guess, maybe it's, like, dark soul. Dark. Like, he, he does become a tortured, gentle man. But I just didn't understand why he didn't decide to meet Francis McDormand. Like, there is definitely, night. I think, um, and I don't know the whole history with it. I know, I believe what happened was Sam Raimi basically wanted to make Batman. And yes. wasn't, you know, didn't get that project. And so he was like, well, I want to make a comic book movie. Which, and to me, he made his own unique or original comic book movie and i feel like this does and now you can correct me if i'm wrong because i don't read comics but especially watching it the second time it really did feel like it was kind of um visually done in a way that was supposed to be a comic book Hmm. just in that like a lot of the shots are sort of very static where they're like either very far away or very close to, uh, to the characters I did notice that And I did I did appreciate that so Yeah I feel like A lot of scenes Especially that. in the The opening Like yeah. the first 10 minutes Where it's just sort of Introducing him And his assistant And Francis McDormand And like when they're Kind of like Making love And there's sort of a Like silhouette Because they were behind a screen Like everything felt very like Oh this is a comic book panel And this is another panel And so on I And I appreciate that. that Quite a bit Like I think there's A lot of style To the movie Mm-hmm. At least for a good part of its runtime, um, I I like this movie, but I do have two kind of glaring issues. One is that at a certain point, I just kind of don't care. Like I'm really into it, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like once he starts taking out a few of the henchmen, I I when I I get really bored. There are some scenes and some set pieces that go on for way too long. Oh, and especially towards the ending. Yeah, Like, the whole, the finale, the, him on like, this giant, unfinished construction building. Yeah. Which should be really cool and tense, but by that point, I was just kind of done. Like, I, it goes on too long, and I don't really have stakes, because for some reason, like, I, I kind of can guess what's going to happen, and it's not, um, I guess the, the tension isn't there enough. Yeah. For me to really be invested in, like, oh my god, he's going to fall, or he's not going to fall. Exactly. And and I think the really long, kind of goofy 
like him hanging from the hook on the um, yeah. helicopter scene, that that to me like really killed some momentum. And it's, I mean, what's funny is now that I'm saying this, it's the same problem I have with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, is that the lack of physics or limitations on its hero. Yeah. Um, I really have very little idea with Spider-Man. To me, when I watch Spider-Man, especially the first one, my understanding is that he can basically fly. Because all he does is jump off buildings and he keeps connecting to things until suddenly the plot tells him that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge problem I have with those movies is that there's um, the, the lack of uh, limitations to him means it's like I'm watching a video game and I really have no investment in the character. Yeah. He's going to be fine until the movie decides he's not. And to an extent that kind of happens with Darkman, especially towards the ending, where I don't really understand what his, like, sort of superpowers are. Um, and because the movie doesn't... And and a bigger problem, really, I think, is that the villain... Because you have... Larry Drake is awesome, and he's really fun. But the real villain of this movie isn't Larry Drake. It's uh, Colin Friels. It's is this little, like, kind of jerky um, entrepreneur. Yeah. Who's, like, I could probably beat up. Or, like, you and me together could totally beat him up. Yeah. But Liam Neeson as Darkman should be able to rip his head off. Like, because the guy just physically isn't imposing and he's not interesting. Yeah. Like, he's a little smarmy, but not in a really over-the-top way. Mm -hmm. And so you have a lackluster villain in this really long ending sequence where, uh, you know... So it, it's a shame because I there's things I really really like about the movie and I there's a lot that I recommend about it. I, I overall I like it, but that last like third it just kills yeah. me because I feel like how it's and when I say about the Fast and the Furious movies, the easiest thing should be to make a good villain, but uh, apparently it's not. It would seem. Um. So my main complaint about the movie, I don't. I honestly don't have much to say about it. Uh, huh, really. But, but, yeah, I mean, what did you I'll, expect, and what did you not get, or what did you get? One, once I say what I'm about to say, I think it covers everything. Okay. Um, I was okay. I'll try to drag it out. I was, <laughs> I was confused by the rules. The movie didn't have rules, but yeah. but it, it painstakingly grounded itself in reality. So, like, I wanted the rules. Mm, okay, I could see and that. Th- and this is going to lead into my next, I guess, point or problem. The when he takes Francis McDormand to the fair, mm-hmm. and he has his freak out, <laughs> take the fucking elephant. It's really, for me, it doesn't mesh tonally with the rest of the movie. It's kind of bizarre and like, but the in the best way. Like I wanted that to be the whole movie. Like why yeah. wasn't that the whole? Like I want that movie where he freaks out and he. But it just didn't seem to connect with with what else we had been shown. I could see that. It gets... It does, because it, it takes him to this, like, you know, dark Avenger kind of role. Yeah. Uh, and the way that whole scene is shot, you're right, there's close-ups of, you know, the carnival barker and the fat lady and, you know, the freaks and the barbell and... It's done with that crazy circus music, and it's yeah. really, really over-the-top cartoonish in, like, a scary way. And then it, you know, by the next scene, we're kind of back to him, back to this realistic scene of him and her kind of chilling out and everything else. And then we get the big showdown 
where the tone kind of goes back and forth because then it's kind of silly yeah and, like overly violent um but then you get like a really talky drawn out action finale that just takes forever mm-hmm. so yeah it is and i guess like when you think i got looking back at sam raimi's filmography if you will um he's he's an interesting director right and wow he really looks like ted raimi I don't know that I've ever looked at him. Yeah. <laughs> but looking at his uh, IMDb photo, like, I just realized, like, wow, they really, they're, they're brothers. I they're brothers. <laughs> no, shocking. Um, but, I mean, he's somebody that can can go big and can go cartoonish. And he's clearly yeah. a cartoon fan. Like, yeah, and Army of Darkness like and Evil Dead 2 are Three Stooges movies as, you know, gory horror movies, essentially. And with Darkman, there's elements of that and in some places it works really well but but I, yeah i could see what you're saying overall because you go from very realistic um but yeah, like that's the thing is it's it just never i wish it kind of never was realistic mm-hmm. because for the most part everything is kind of dialed up a notch like even the opening scene is like the fastest exposition an establishment of characters I've ever seen in a movie like this, mm-hmm. where it's v- instantly, here's his girlfriend. They're in love. She left a memo here. It's bad. This guy's a villain. Bam, he's scarred for life 10 minutes into the movie. Like, it's very, yeah. very quickly paced, which I appreciate. Um, but then you do occasionally get to those kind of grinding scenes of Francis McDormand and boring villain guy talking out you know what they're going to do about his crimes Mm -hmm. like it it doesn't it isn't consistent in its tone and i I think that does hurt the movie quite a bit because there is a great like really unique fun movie in here that doesn't quite get to pop out because of a lot of those issues yeah and that that's what bummed me out like i wanted more of that Mm. slapstick and because you have it with the it's danny elfman music and I could tell that even without looking, like, within the first, oh, yeah. like, credits. I'm like, that's got to be, yep, that's Danny Elfman. And apparently when they did preview screenings for the movie, it was getting, like, terrible reviews. And then, but that was before they put the score in. And then when they put the score in, there was, like, a significant uh, happier audience. Well. And, I mean, the music's really integral to the tone. And and that works, except how do you maintain that when you have a scene about a memo that we never even really understand anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's MacGuffin-y. Yeah, which is fine if if the rest of it makes it interesting, but that villain no, is just so right. shitty, and that bothers me. Yeah. I wish it was more MacGuffin-y then. Like, I wish it was more of a of an, like, an unknown, unimportant thing that the whole movie hinged around if right. they were never going to explain it. That's a really good point. Like, it's kind of, maybe just because I've been watching Daredevil... Like, there was sort of some similarities in, like, Wilson Fisk and this guy, because they both kind of talk about, like, oh, no, I'm doing good for the city, and I'm yeah, building all these places. Yeah, it's such a supervillain thing. It's, it's a very supervillain thing, but you think of, like, how, when Wilson Fisk is doing it, like, they've established how it is, like, he's what he's doing is is wrong because of how he's doing it. But I understand yeah. why he's doing it. And it's more interesting because it's not just him trying to make money. It's him trying to make the city he thinks it's supposed to be. And in this one, like, I guess the guy wanted money. I don't even know. But Larry Drake is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. And the opening scene, which is, you know, like a good kind of one of those very, very Sam Raimi, uh, 
manic action shootout is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it's on Facebook, but I was so proud of picking this up. Um, Larry Drake is totally gay in this movie. Yeah, I saw you write mm-hmm. that, and yeah. Just without it being like a big thing, it's just sort of planted there, and it's just one thing that I think makes the character a little more interesting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I know they bring him back in the sequels, or at least in the in part two. I yeah, I saw them, that. I they are. Um, and you could see why, because he's really what you remember in this movie, I think, more, even more so than Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. who's good, who I think is good in this. Um, where you stand on Frances McDormand? I like her, but I just thought she kind of was there in this movie. It's There's things I really like about the fact that it's her and Liam Neeson in this movie, mm-hmm. which is that, and e- like even again, like when I read the IMDb trivia, the studio didn't want Frances McDormand. They wanted, like, uh, what's her name, Bridget Fonda, or, like, somebody younger and more conventionally yeah. hot, I guess. And I really like that, um, nope, it's two people that are around the same age, that are grown-ups with grown-up jobs and grown-up responsibilities. Yeah. I like that they establish her right off the beginning as being very independent. Um, and, like, you know, like the first scene together, he asked her to marry him, and she's like, I don't know, I like living alone and all that. So I yeah. like I appreciate a lot of what they do with her. Um Then they kind of abandon that. They though. abandon that and because she's never in the same movie in a way that everybody else is in. Yeah, that's it. And good point. when I say that it's her and the vil- supervillain are not in the same movie. Like they're in this sort of somewhat realistic relationship crime movie and everybody yeah. else is in a cartoon violent superhero movie no that's that's true yeah so that i mean that's problematic i suppose um how'd you like the dude from wayne's, wayne's world with the long hair being a henchman oh i didn't even pick up on that yeah all right well then yes yeah yes Very indeed good. um something that I, I forgot that like the first time i watched this like we had to pause it because i was laughing so hard because i thought it was so great in the opening fight scene where the henchmen um rather overreact and destroy everything around them except for actually killing Liam Neeson mm-hmm. um, when they go to attack his assistant who we know very little about other than, fa- other than the fact that he's the assistant and he's Asian he's Asian yeah did you catch what he does what does he do when they go to attack him he instantly goes into like a crouching tiger or like karate move yep, yep I did see that and, and it's then- like a split second and it's awesome and then at one point, that one dude whose name I can't think of, but you keep saying, it says, like, get me the Asian's fingers. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. This is the movie we're in. Larry uh, Drake. I always like Larry Drake. He's Dr. Giggles. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. How could you forget Dr. Giggles? I know. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Um, let me see what else did I write that uh this i guess sam raimi was sort of also doing like an homage to universal movies with invisible man and such yeah um and it opens with that old school universal logo which is cute it's it's cool i did notice that yeah um did you catch a running man actor in this movie i don't think so i'm pretty pretty sure that sub-zero uh was one of the henchmen (gasps) really i would believe that i got really excited and then i instantly almost thought about stopping the movie and watching The Running Man. Not that I wasn't enjoying this movie. I just... Well, it's a tempting thought. Anytime it's like one of those um, uh, uh, 
Pavlovian things where somebody says the running man and I'm like, what are we watching? Why aren't I watching that? What? I'm not going to work. I have to stay home and watch the running man. It's a problem. It's, it's caused many, many ends of things in life. Um, and one other note I had, uh, from looking up the IMDb trivia, you know how IMDb has like the frequently asked questions feature? Yes. I really liked that one of the frequently asked questions was Peyton standing behind the line at the carnival or no? And there's like a three paragraph explanation on if he was or not, where whoever answered the question took it so seriously and like went through evidence of how maybe he was and maybe he wasn't, but maybe it was also part of the theme of the movie that if you make the decision he was or he wasn't, that says something about you. It's adorable. I think he was behind the line. I don't know. I think maybe there's two types of people in the world, Christine. Those who think he was and those who think he wasn't. You know. I guess I'm the type that think he was. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's about what I uh, wrote down in terms of the notes. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. I, for me, what makes it really um, something, because, I mean, you have a lot of, this is 1990, which is an interesting time for this mm-hmm. kind of movie. Because it's post-Batman, but still pre-any, a lot of other things, I guess. Yep. Uh, And I like that this is wholly original story. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of homages to many other tales and films and comic books. But this is, you know, and this is a uh, film comic book. And I feel like it does... It doesn't fully succeed because, again, as we talked about those, like, tonal dips where it forgets what movie it is, um, but it comes really close to being a comic book on film. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I can see that. I just, I wish it had embraced it more then and tonally yeah. been this zany, off-the-wall, not-in-this-reality movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, like, because you could have grounded it just with Liam Neeson kind of being Liam Neeson and being able to do that. Yeah. Like, you didn't need every time it's Francis McDormand comes on screen, we're suddenly on, like, a Law & Order episode. Yep. Didn't need that. Um, and I just, I don't understand why the villain couldn't have been more fun. I agree. He And he, he kept doing that, like, I'm a smart villain talking, like, where yeah. he used words and language that just didn't, it wasn't necessary. Like, I got it. You're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. And you have a crush on Francis McDormand, who's, like, the only woman... Apparently, that anybody's ever seen. Yeah. Movie. Like, you know, to, I can understand somebody having a crush on her, but he, he should be like romancing supermodels or something, right? <laughs> I guess so. I He's a super villain. Who can say with that guy? Yeah, well. All right. Uh, do you have uh, more to say? or uh... I don't think so. Okay. Um, so then, quality of film, Christine Makepeace. Six point five. Okay, yeah, I was thinking uh, around seven point two five is probably where yeah. I go. I could go to seven, but yeah. I mean, I think again, to me, it's a it's a fun movie and it's a different movie, um, and it does a lot of really cool things, but it doesn't quite do all of the things that it should have done. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, okay. and it's, uh, I think mine is so low because, and I guess I should tie into my. Quality of enjoyment. I felt let down by it not embracing that mm-hmm. 
camera tilty, crazy sound effect zaniness, yeah. you know? Like, there's uh, so much tuba and trombone going on in that soundtrack. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Um, 5.5. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot more, and I think I could have it on in the background, and I would probably enjoy it for a while, and then as soon as, like, the last half hour came on, I would probably... Would shut it off or walk out of the room, right? Um, no, I was thinking I would probably pick up my phone and start playing um, Word Streak, which is, like, Boggle. All right. I've been playing a lot of it, and it's a problem, and I might have an addiction. Awesome. Uh, except now my phone also seems to be um, dying again. Uh, I kill things, Christine. I kill no. technology. That's all right. Just imagine what would happen if I got near a 3D face-off printing skin machine. Oh, no. Uh, I do really like the scene with Larry Drake and Larry Drake, though. Oh, yeah, that was cool. That actually looked really well done, too. Yeah. Like, and this... It, when they do the visuals, like, it, it I think it look, it's a good-looking movie because yeah. the visuals are so... Um, within the same style so there i mean there's a lot of you know prosthetics and kind of ridiculous action moments but they're they're all done at the same level it's the yeah. it's like the exposition and like uh chess piece moving dialogue scenes that just feel like a different movie mm-hmm. um yeah my quality of enjoyment of life and stuff uh i'm gonna go to 7.5 for me because i do enjoy it um then, like I said, there's a lot I enjoy about it. I just it doesn't quite get to where it should be. Instead. Yeah, it could be the best. Yeah, because it does. Like there's awesome stuff going on in the movie, mm-hmm. and if it had kind of been rained or ramied together a little more consistently, this would be like one of. I'm trying to think of like a good movie to compare it to that has that same like attitude and does it. Um, a really bad example, but one that I'm kind of thinking of, is Moulin Rouge, mm-hmm. where you watch Moulin Rouge, I remember the first time I saw it, like, the first ten minutes, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. This is a lot of sensory action yeah. thrown at me. But eventually, like, it calms down a little bit, but it stays in this kind of elevated, crazy world, um, and it's consistent about it. Like, it feels like the same movie from beginning to end. This sort of like has that aspect to it where it starts at it at like an 11 and you feel like okay I get I get what I'm watching I get what I'm doing and then it kind of dips down into TV land and then dips back up and so it's weird and kind of inconsistent in that way yeah yeah uh, but all right that was dark man I believe it is uh, available on DVD and stuff not on instant or Amazon apparently there is a um, you can get the, all three movies for a very cheap price via Amazon, we learned. Yeah. You, are you ever going to track down the sequels, you think? Or? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably not. I mean, if they did show up streaming or yeah, something, I might. That's but... probably about my limit. Yeah. yeah Just out of curiosity. Yeah, it's not. It's a director who I don't recognize who mostly did TV stuff. Um, it's Arnold Wuschlu from The Mummy, I think, is Dark Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I want Larry Drake, I'll just watch Dr. Giggles. That's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so on that note, we're going to take a break and come back and talk about Birdman, colon, or parenthesis, 
the unexpected virtue of ignorance, innocence, ignorance, ignorance, innocence, whatever, and ignorance. And parenthesis, we'll be back. Each sensation, darkness wakes and stirs imagination. Silently, the senses abandon their defenses, helpless to resist the notes I write. For I compose the music of the night. We're back to talk about what I'm going to guess is Christine's favorite movie of the last 10 years. <sighs> Birdman. I Bird can't Man. say Birdman. I have to say Birdman. I don't know why. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, it's kind of, it's funner to say it that way. Uh, so you picked Birdman. I did. Uh, why'd you pick it? What made you pick it? Because I knew I would never watch it unless somebody made me. Okay, fair enough. So I made myself. (laughs) And you made me. Yeah, sorry, I guess. uh, No, no, no. You you don't necessarily have to apologize. I would have seen this eventually. Yeah. um, Because... As much as I'm not the same, like, Oscar crazy person yeah. I used to be, I still always kind of feel like, oh, I should I should see the movies. I don't really like having an opinion on what should win and shouldn't win until I've seen them. Mm-hmm. And I was very mad on Boyhood, so I didn't really have, like, an offensive, like, oh, I can't believe this one over Boyhood, or I don't remember what else was nominated. Um, but so this was like, I'm like, ah, oh, no, I, I want to see it. And I figured for me, I'm like, I'm either going to hate it or love it. Because I loved 21 Grams and I hated Babel. Or Babylon. Yeah. Babel? Babylon. Babel. Babel? I think it's Babel. The movie where everybody's miserable Babel. and the only likable character is the only character that has a bad ending. That movie. Babel. Fuck that movie. Hated it. Um, I saw 21 Grams a long time ago. I don't really remember it. Okay. And um, I won't see the Amoros Peros because I don't want to see dogs getting fighting. Yeah, that was on my queue for a million yeah. years and I never watched it. Nope. Not going to uh, do it. Not going to do it. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't really have a connection with mm-hmm. this, too. this filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, so why don't you tell the fine people what Birdman is about? Um... <sighs> A wash-up actor who once played an iconic superhero battles his ego and attempts to recover his family, his career, and himself in the days leading up to the opening of his Broadway play. Wow, that was so off the cuff and natural. I know. I've been I've been practicing. I can tell. Uh, <clears throat> that is what Birdman's about. Sums it up, right? Yeah. I guess the, the other big notable thing about it is it's done sort of Silent House style where it's presented as if it's sort of one long take mm-hmm. uh so it's very flowing into the next scene and the camera never like officially shuts off as far as we can see although yeah. obviously it does yeah 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 um so you have michael keaton uh who did not win the oscar for best actor but who i don't know if i'm upset one. about that um i really i i thought eddie redmayne was the best thing in les miserables uh and I'm I'm gonna this. <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be a lot of this review. Is gonna be us talking about other things that have nothing to do with Birdman. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to reel it in. Okay. Did but, you see Les Mis the film? No. 
Okay, Lemez, it was it was good. I mean, it, it had its strengths and its weaknesses, but that's a movie that like was okay, you know. Kind of, and then two thirds of the movie in, Eddie Redmayne comes in, and he's playing the character that every time I've seen the production on stage, nobody ever cares about, and he has what he's like the song that nobody cares about because it's the very end of the show. He's got a song that's miserable and moody, and everybody hates it. And that was the first time I was ever like fucking Marius, man, empty chairs and empty tables. Yeah. He's so good in Les Mis, and he steals that movie. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I was I didn't see the theory of everything. But I've always liked that Eddie Redmayne for that reason alone. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's reason enough. I, I actually don't really like Michael Keaton at all. Huh. What do you I've not like int- him from? Everything he's ever been in. I'm <laughs> such an asshole. That was such and the an way he parks. Um, yeah. Um, no, I don't like his, I don't particularly enjoy his Batman. Okay. Um... I like him in Beetlejuice. Yeah, he's so good in Beetlejuice. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to go through. I mean, um, he's had that whole run of very family comedy-esque Yeah, things. I don't like Mr. Mom. I don't like Jack Frost. I Well, Jack Frost is just creepy. Ugh, totally is. Multiplicity apparently is a good movie. I don't know. I've never watched it all. <laughs> I've never actually watched it. Yeah. I, hope, I need a new me to go sit and watch that movie and report back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I... Yeah, that was good. That um, was really good. Thank you. Um, I, I always liked him. I guess just he's one of those actors that I think is just such a part of childhood movies that were on that I don't even remember. like. I don't know if I've actually ever seen Mr. Mom. Yeah, but I feel like I know Michael Keaton from Mr. Mom. Like he has a very uh, kind of accessibility to him. Usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of he's Tom like Hensi. an everyman. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so this was also his kind of return. He really hadn't done much work for a very long time. What I thought was interesting was I feel like, I mean, the character is clearly, uh, you know, you're supposed to see it as very meta because he's playing this former action movie star who did this big mm-hmm. franchise um, and then kind of stopped when the movies got got shitty. So I feel like, you know, obviously he's supposed to be kind of a little bit of Michael Keaton after Batman 2. But in a way, I'm like, I feel like I have to wonder if he's modeled more on Val Kilmer. <laughs> That's funny. It just I seemed w- a little more like this is, as far as I know, Michael Keaton always seems to have like stayed out of the spotlight. I think he's uh, like I want to rewatch it with that, with just pretending it's Val Kilmer. Yep. Yeah, yep. Just because of, because of the eccentricities of his character in this movie that feel not like what I think of as Michael Keaton. Yeah, you know. And it could, I mean, for all I know, Michael Keaton's weird. I don't know. Um, but his persona hasn't been that. Yeah. Whereas in this, I feel like it was more, a more Hollywood-ish actor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Whereas Ed Norton in this movie, to me, is like totally playing what everybody thinks Edward Norton is. Ed Norton is, yeah. And I mean, I, he, I just wanted him on screen the whole time. Exactly. I'm not an Ed Norton super fan. I didn't particularly enjoy this character, but I was most engaged when yeah. it was about him. Because I feel like he's, uh, he gets it, and he is, uh, again, to use the word meta a lot, but he's very much um, doing what we think of Ed Norton. Like, Ed Norton probably shows up to every movie he does, and does his own lines, and then gets all pissed if, you know, the director tells him that the screenplay is better, and all of that, and it's probably all this weird shit. There was a line that pissed me off, because there's... um, 
when Ed Norton's character like threatens to quit and he's like, who are you going to replace me with? Ryan Gosling? That was funny. It was funny, except, Christine, how much funnier would it have been if you said, who are you going to replace me with? Mark Ruffalo? Oh, that would have been very right? funny. I like had to pause it. I'm like, oh, fuck this movie. Like, it missed out right there. Like, that would have nailed it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Naomi Watts, who I always love, who I think is extremely talented, not doesn't get a really, like, fun part here. But what I liked was I feel like she was kind of playing a bad actress. Like, she was very much playing the actor who hasn't had that much success, but who thinks, like, I'm really good, and I deserve this part, and I'm going to be really good. And whenever she was, like, on stage as her theatrical role, I felt like I could see the character Naomi Watts was playing, playing the character on stage. Okay, that's, that's an interesting observation, yeah. It's something I've always liked about Naomi Watts. Um, yeah, I like her. Yeah. yeah, and from listening to interviews with her, to me, she seems like a very... Um, uh, that's the word I'm looking for. She's an, an actress that I think puts bigger stock in the director than in herself. Mm-hmm. And I've heard her talk about this. Like, she'll do movies based on the director, not necessarily based on the part or the screenplay. Yeah. And she said, she's like, a a film is a director's medium. If a director tells me to do something, like, that's what I'm going to do. I'll bring my own stuff to it, but I'm, you know, it's the director's vision, not my vision. And in a way, it's like a very kind of selfless type of actor to be. Because it puts you in the risk of kind of coming across like a bad actor, as opposed to an actor playing a bad actor. Mm -hmm. Um, So I liked her in this, but she just is less interesting than most of what's going on around her. Yeah, she's not really... To say she's not in it a lot, I mean, she's there, but she doesn't... She's, she's not, not central to anything no, going on. Exactly. Like, she Emma Stone is far more so. She doesn't really have her own plot line. Right. I mean, there's a little bit... There's, like, one one of my issues with it. Um, it's like, oh, let's just kind of throw on a weird little lesbian thing. Oh my gosh, that bothered me. Which was just stupid. Because it did. It felt like they were just trying to be weird. So we're going to make this weird. What year is this that that's what they're doing, though? Exactly. It it was, like, just... I got no problem with lesbians. But it was such a forced thing that I didn't get it. I was... I thought to myself, I was very present as this was happening because I saw it coming. And I Mm -hmm. thought... Yep. Seems like they're going for this. Oh boy, are this, is this what they're really going to do? Oh my gosh, I yeah. can't believe they're doing this. They've done it. They're doing it. What? <laughs> and they're not going to talk about it for the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's never going to come back up. It's not addressed again. Mm-hmm. I guess that's avant-garde or something. But yeah. I, I didn't feel that way. And I mean, I I when I studied theater in college, I was not an actor, thank God. Um, but I was around a lot of actors, and I was a stage manager and a playwright, and all like all this stuff where I was did a lot of stuff behind scenes. And this is like one of the reasons I knew this was going to win Best Picture. Uh, this is an actors movie, and it's about actors, and yeah, Hollywood loves to, actor like, stuff. A cringy degree sometimes. Yes, though. and I mean, I really figured I would love or hate this movie, and I really thought more I would hate this movie. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it i was like uh, uh, ultimately there were things i 
appreciated about it more than liked about it, I guess. I mean, I liked Edward Norton in it. Yeah. Um, I liked the score. I don't know if you did. I was okay with it, yeah. Yeah, like, I like, I thought that sort of as this, like, crazy jazzy um, theme that moved the action in this sort of kind of dreamlike way. I, I dug that, and I believe that, and I was with that. Like, the actual style of the movie, for the most part, I liked. Um, but it was one of those movies, like, you turn your brain off watching a movie, and you're th- you're not thinking about what you like and don't like about a movie, or, you, or you're don't, and this one didn't pull me in to do that. The whole time I'm watching, thinking about Michael Keaton and, you know, all these actors as opposed to who they are. Yeah, me too. Um, Emma Stone, let's talk about her. She has really big eyeballs. She has really big eyeballs, and she's, like, really super skinny in this movie, and it she makes is. her eyeballs look really big really and kind big. of creepy. Yeah. I liked her in it. Um, I can't say that I liked the character. The character mm-hmm. just was kind of there. Yep. Although she maybe was, for me, the most endearing character. She was the one that yeah. was most grounded in reality. Yeah, I cared really more about her ending up okay than I did about Michael Keaton ending up okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really care about anything about Michael Keaton's character. I don't care. And yeah. I feel like, and this might be a really like kind of cliche thing to compare it to but i felt like the very wrestler feelings like i don't mm. care that nikki Rourke's right. character and the wrestler's upset i don't right give because a this, shit. Is your, this is you've made this bed now lie in it kind yeah, of thing. fucking deal with it old dude i don't give a shit like you got a you raw know, deal i'm pretty sure it's the wrestler your... yeah because it is a similar and i love the wrestler yeah i just and... i think i didn't like character choices in the wrestler oh, the right, movie, right. I don't think I had a problem with, but I can't. I couldn't get over that hump. But it was like a characters. similar thing with the wrestler, where I didn't necessarily like. I was invested, but I was like the whole time. I'm like, you're making bad choices. You're going to keep making them. Yeah. I don't feel bad for you. I feel bad for the people that you're hurting. More. Yep. And I like, and so it was similar here, but to a much, to a lesser extent, because everybody is very. Um, they're all actors. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't care what happens to Edward Norton's character because, yeah, he's not really much of a human being. Like, he's really mm-hmm. funny, and I like watching him, but nothing is going to affect him. Um, whereas, like, with Emma Stone, at least, it was. Like, I believe this is a, you know, 18-year-old girl who's just getting over a drug addiction and is kind of fucked up, but deep down kind of does want a certain relationship and everything else. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't really need a subplot where her and Edward Norton have a thing. Nope. Like, that didn't feel natural to me. It didn't work for me. It worked just, okay, these are two actors that can be in a scene together and are fine, but I don't want these characters, I don't want it to go there just because it feels like we have male characters and female characters and we're going to put them in a room and how many different love triangles can we make? Yeah. Um, the well, the movie that the, like the other thing too is the whole time watching this, I kind of kept thinking I'm like you know I've seen this movie before and it was much better and it was Synecdoche, New York. Yeah, yeah, that one, right? I can yeah. never. I don't know if I'm saying it right. No, no, I think that's right. But the Philip Seymour Hoffman one. Yeah, and because that to me because. Ten minutes into this movie, that's all I could think about. And I've yeah. only seen that movie once, and I need to go back to it. But that movie does a very similar thing. It's about, I think he's a playwright in that yeah. movie. 
Yeah. And the movie is structured in a way that's very abstract, that's very avant-garde, but yet there's a certain grounding to it where it is as if he's doing a play and he just keeps getting, you know, connecting to his life, but in this very collage sort of way. And again, it's similar in that kind of, you know, magical realism to an extent, mm-hmm. which I think this has too, especially in the ending. Um, but not as good. No. And I don't know what about it wasn't as good, aside from, like we're saying, we have so many scenes and subplots that you didn't need to be there and that ultimately took away from us caring at all about the main narrative. Yeah, I... It, like for me, the the main narrative was ruined by, like I said, the the the, the wrestlerism of it. Like, okay. like I can't feel bad for you because it doesn't really seem like your life's been that bad, and yeah. you're not really doing anything to help yourself. But like, I didn't dislike this character as much as I I dislike. Well, because I feel like too, the movie isn't asking us to like him. That's true. It's asking us to care a little, though. Right. And I don't know if I ever really Yeah, that's did. fair. Because, and then when he, because I don't think we're talking about the thing. Like, he's hearing voices, like, mm-hmm. Bird, the Birdman character is talking to him. Then I think it gets a little pompous. Very much. It, <laughs> like, I'm, I can coast with not calling it pompous. Yeah. And then well, like, that this is a pretentious happens. film, and I don't think yeah. it's offensive to say that. Like, this is a pretentious film that knows it's pretentious. It should have been better than if it knew it was presented. Yeah, yeah. The, the the as much as like I'm advocating the score and the filming style, if you will. Yeah. The fantasy elements didn't click for me. Yeah, me neither at all. And even though like we open on them, like you kind of like right at the very beginning, they sort of try to establish this like okay, you're kind of in his head, you're not quite seeing mm-hmm. physics grounded in this world. But as much as the timing and the sort of flow from they're on stage rehearsing to suddenly they're in front of the audience, all that worked for me. But whenever the I'm Birdman voice came in yeah. and he's floating and flying and I don't know what's real or not, I didn't care enough to kind of emotionally be taken away to wherever I was supposed to be taken away to. Yep. Whereas, to use your example, in Schenectady, New Uh York, as much as I will never pretend that I understood that movie, like, I tried so hard to because I cared and I wanted to understand it. I was fascinated watching it. And it made me sad and I wanted to know Mm. why I was sad, but this didn't do that. Yeah, like, I don't know what I was supposed to feel in the end. Yeah. Because... I mean, there is a big thing that happens that, and the mo- I don't think the movie knows either. Because on one hand, it's like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. But, oh, smile. I guess it's not sad. Yeah. Because it's a fantasy. But how can it be a fantasy? Uh, yeah. So it's it's a hard one, and I would love to hear from people that loved this movie. Yeah. I know people that hated the movie, and I know. I could see why, especially I think if you um, don't have experience with theater, in a way, I think, and I mean, I don't know if you you have, and I don't know if that makes it, I'm, I'm thinking as somebody that's been around people like that, mm-hmm. um, to me, in a way, that's why I found this a little more amusing, because I could see the people I used to work with 
in some of these characters, I guess. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, if you haven't been around those people and don't know that people are like that in some ways, I feel like this would just really feel overly pretentious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand anybody hating it. You don't have to tell me out why you hated it. I get it. I do. But why did people love it? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I'd be curious, too. It felt like maybe, like, 17-year-old me re- might have really liked it. Oh, God, yeah. Just, like, how I really liked oh, college Darko. me would have loved this movie. In Eternal Sunshine. Yep. Like, those are movies I still have nostalgia for, but I watch them and I go, like, ooh. Why did I like this <laughs> Oh, so I was much? so young. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. D- without question. Not only college me, but I can picture, like, college me and everybody I knew in college would have loved this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's fine. Although it's weird that so did the entire Academy. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a strange one. I do like something I did like was, um, and again... I say I liked it, but then I think of Synecdoche, New York, where it was so much, um, not not just better done, but, like, done in a much more brilliant way. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, the way they kind of use the play within the movie to foreshadow things, uh, like, that worked for me. Like, there was all the stuff about the gun and... Um, and even, like, within the play, like, you don't really... And I'm not too familiar with Raymond Chandler's mm-hmm. writing, so that's also kind of a roadblock, is it, the this is based on Raymond Chandler or Raymond Carver? I always get the two confused. Well, hold on. I think it's me, Raymond Chandler. I was going to say, it's let me get to my on, you know, trusty his, internet. His play is based on a, you know, a book that I haven't read that... In a way, it's kind of part of the joke, because a lot of people in the audience probably haven't either. Um, But that... So there's that distance. um, But it's used in a way where, like, there's a lot within what we see of the play that does reflect in levels of the action later. Mm -hmm. There's a failed suicide. Like, all these, like, little things that are kind of never outwardly said but are sort of sprinkled throughout that like that's smart but again you think of how else it could be done where it's level upon level upon level and it's just not that smart compared to other things i've seen yeah. i guess no it's that's a big part of it part of me kind of is glad that it it didn't try to go over my head true Do you, you know what i mean like yeah. so it didn't try to be smarter than me which yeah. i which i appreciate yeah, i don't like make it when movies make me feel dumb but I, like it, it really was uh, patting itself on the back way too prematurely. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's a yeah, it's a movie. It's a movie. Um, and again, I understand somebody hating it. I want to know why people loved it. Uh, I, I would be curious too. Yeah, it's I, just because it's. I don't know. Could you let go watching this movie? That's. I think that's one of the questions I have for somebody who who really enjoyed it. Did you? Were you immersed in this world, or were you thinking about the actors and the technique while watching it? Because I know I was. Yeah, I never was. Yeah, I was thinking that's a really clever way to transition from one scene to another scene, making it look seamless. Um, 
I was not. And that's a really interesting way of showing a transition of time and everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciated most about the movie. But I do want to know if if anybody was sucked into it and was like, no, 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 man, I was taken to Birdland. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. For me, every time they showed an actor, like when they were doing the actual play, move to like the front of the stage and like speak out yeah. to the audience, I was like, oh, and I started <laughs> to look around. I was like that. And then I'm like, oh, and 17 year old me would have been like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's funny. Oh, we were so dumb when we, we were, were younger. We were so easily taken in by pretentiousness. Yep. I mean, and you know what? Fucking now, I've been. I didn't tell you about my whole cable vision, not cable vision, Time Warner cable issue. I don't think so. So, for like the last month, I have one channel that for whatever reason won't record with sound. Mm-hmm. Now, what the hell? I have a DVR so that I can record things. I'm not going to watch commercials. But for some reason, this one channel never records with sound. And the problem with that, Christine Makepeace, is not that, like, oh, it's just one channel. It's the channel that's, like, more fitting to me than anything else because it's ABC Family. Mm -hmm. And their offering is primarily step-up movies, burlesque, and Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. And you know what? I got no problem admitting that, people. I was so excited this morning when I could finally watch Pretty Little Liars with sound. Now, 17-year-old me, who would have loved Birdman, would not have said that out loud. <laughs> with age, glad that you can finally admit it. I, I, am, I am glad that with age comes a comfort in loving what you love and not being afraid to tell the world that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? <sighs> yeah, yeah, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure, man. That's right. If I love it, I love it. I'm not going to yep. feel bad about that. <sighs> you know? Some people, man, they try to cut you down and try to tell you, oh, you shouldn't watch the skateboarding movie Grind, or, oh, you know, the, uh, uh, what are the other really bad movies that I like that I know I shouldn't, I don't know, that, like, I should be watching Birdman and not The Running Man. Oh, no. You don't know me. That's all I gotta say. All right, do you have more to say, or should we rate it i think we should rate it okay it's a bird man or the ignorance of bliss his folly to be wise and parentheses yes quality of film um oh man you went last time i guess i should go this time you should go this time okay um i'll go I'm just going to give it the same grade I gave Darkman. I'll go. Oh, no. Okay. Well, am I? I don't know. Wait, this is quality of film, right? Yeah, quality of film. <sighs> it's acted well, but it just drags a lot. And the, but the filming technique is pretty impressive. I'll go 7.5. Okay, I'm going to go 7. Oh, fucking no. Uh, quality of life by movie. I'm going 6. I like the jazz, and I liked Edward Norton. Mm, 5.5 that's fair uh so that was our take on birdman we are anxious for your thoughts because i would i would like to know if anybody agrees or disagrees tell Uh, us what you thought please facebook go there all the kids are doing it now before we say our goodnights and tell you what else we're going to be doing uh netflix instant pick i know you have one I have one, and I'm actually super excited about it. Ooh, let's hear it. Um, it is a movie 
I was just going to say that I found on Instant Watch, but I think <laughs> it's Scary Movie 5. That we know that. Um, it's a movie mm. that came out in 2003, apparently, that is very relevant to my interests based on its starring cast alone. Um, it stars Lynn Shay uh-huh. and Ray Wise. Ooh. And there's a good chance oh, you might have oh. already told me to watch it. I probably did. Is it Dead End? Yeah. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I can never, I have no retention. None. I don't know if I ever had it as an instant pick, but I love this movie. I'm sure I probably have told you to watch it at some point, but I'm just so happy that you did and that you I liked did. it. I liked it so much. <sighs> I was surprised at how quick and witty yep. and it, it's really smart and it's really well acted. Yep. And even if the plot is i don't care if you give me a like a rote story i don't right. give a you've shit. seen it, it just before make it interesting. but who cares but but not done in this way it's so good it's so yeah. funny it's really interesting it's really it's it's really endearing i liked it a lot more than i expected it is because i mean it is i guess kind of a horror comedy yeah and it's really like it's treated like a horror movie and it here and there like it's even a little scary but because you have such a good cast and it's a family and they've they're such a real family and they're established so well and they argue mm. the way a family does. Um and that what's her name? The chicken that I really like too. Is it Alexandra Holden, I think? I can't remember I did have She it was open. also in uh, Lovely Molly. Um and I think well, uh, wait, yeah, Alexandra Holden. Yeah. yeah, she was super familiar. Wasn't she really Ross's girlfriend? In on, on Friends? Uh, I don't. I I didn't watch much Friends. I don't. Okay, know. I think I think she was. I believe you. But that that movie is so good. It was really good. Yeah, it's it manages to be really funny, but you care about the people. Um, and it's yeah, it's a special one. So good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Good work. Um, yeah, good work, me. It's a good, it's a good alternate Christmas movie too, because it's a I believe it's set during Christmas. Christmas Eve. Yeah, like, I always love that. And I don't know if you like. My family took a lot of road trips. And they don't get easier as you turn into an adult. So yeah, that movie uh-huh. resonated quite a bit with me. I could see that. Uh, my pick, I'm going back, girl. I'm going back 20 years, which you want to feel old? Here's okay. how you feel old. You go back 20 years and realize that the net was 20 years ago. Ooh, really? Yeah. I bet it's held up. You know what? Here's the shocking thing. Um, and I know people are going to like jump on me and be like, oh, yeah, dial-up modem, pizza.net, ha, ha, ha. But in a way, it actually does. Because aside from, like, it's a floppy disk. And okay. when you look at, like, what, a, what an internet looks like in 1995, the, like, the idea of it, which is, you know, Sandra Bullock freaking out of, like, your entire life is on the internet. They can take everything away from you. They knew what movies I liked. They knew what I drank. Yeah. They, knew, they knew what I was looking for in a man. Like, all of that stuff, you're like, yeah, totally. Like, now we know that. Like, now it's not a shocking thing. So in that way, like, it actually does hold up. And it works as sort of, like, an early example of, like, when the world was first starting to realize that the power of the internet. Um and it was, I don't know, I, I randomly watched it because I was in a 90s mood, and I found myself enjoying it. Um, Sandra Bullock's really good in it. Uh, it's very, it was, like, one of her first, like, leading roles after Speed. Yeah. And, like, it's the definition of watching, um, like, a natural, charismatic star. Mm-hmm. Because she just sells it. Like, you just believe her right she, from the beginning. She is very good in that. Yeah, she's so likable. Sure. She's so 
Um, you're you're sympathetic to her right off the bat. Um, the movie itself, like, she doesn't make stupid decisions in the movie. Like, she's actually pretty um, resourceful and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, you know, force a love interest on her. It doesn't end with her having a man to solve everything. Like, nope, she she kind of does the whole thing on her own. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's very contrived as far as every single scene of, like, her trying to get away. It's, like, the last minute she gets away kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, you know, it is formulaic and everything else but it was a fun watch i was and it's long like it's two hours and it doesn't need to be but i didn't feel the running is it really that long yeah it's like just under two hours but it doesn't it like you're not like oh my god when is this gonna end like i was in it i was involved in it the whole time cool um so yeah my my netflix instant recommend is the net Oh my gosh. Well, I might take you up on that because that's, you know, right up my alley. There you, exactly. I'm really curious if you watch it, what you have to say to me next time. Okay. All right. Like, my Netflix recommend is, is the, the net. net. I don't know if you ever heard have about you it. you ever seen this? <laughs> you totally would do that. Uh, okay. So now on our next episode, uh, we think um, we have a plan. Okay, are we going to divulge that plan? Here, live on the air. Okay, okay. So we know that in August there's a big sort of podcasting uh, group hug going around where we're all covering really sleazy summer fair. Um, we think we're going to get one episode bef- in before that. And so we'll tell you about our sleazy summer fair as we get mm-hmm. closer to it. Uh, but before then, um, this was one of the recommends on our Facebook page that I'd never heard of this movie. But several people have touted that we should watch Making Mr. Wrong. No, fuck. Making Mr. Right. Right? With John Malkovich. I am going to be so confused. I know. <laughs> At least the episode names itself. Yeah. So right. Making Mr. Right, 1989 or something about a robot and John Malkovich. I have no fucking idea what this movie is about. No, me neither. But everybody seems to say we should watch it. Um, and the only reason I'm really like, yeah, sure, we'll watch it, is because it gives us an excuse to watch a movie I've always wanted to watch but never got to watch mm-hmm. um, called Mr. Wrong, starring a young Ellen DeGeneres. All right. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres' big bid for romantic comedy. You know, it's the movie that didn't make her Julia Roberts, but mm-hmm. maybe it should have. We don't know. Um, but the only way we can cover those two movies is if we have a little bit of help. <gasps> so... We're bringing in a special guest star. Special guest star. Special guest star. Drum roll, please. For Mr. Fozzie. Jason Fozzie. Fozzie Bear of Jason. Uh, You've heard him before. You you know him. You love him. You know who he is. You know him. He's adorable. He's got awesome Buffy tattoos now. It's it's Ah. a whole new Jason Fozzie Bear. Um, So he'll come on and we'll, uh, we'll talk. He saw Mr. Wrong in the theaters. So if there is anybody more qualified to talk about that movie, I don't know who it is. <laughs> so we will do those things next. Fantastic. Um, I, I believe Making Mr. Right is on YouTube. Mr. Wrong, I think, is out there somewhere in L.A. You're going to need to message me the names of these movies because I'm already <laughs> You're, you're going to find, like, the actual movie called Making Mr. Wrong, which I'm sure exists. I'm oh, just going to watch Mr. Mom. That's we could do that too. It's on Instant Watch. Um, that reminds me, I didn't get to tell you, but Hot or Not Jeopardy dot com available at Network Solutions. Well, there you go. You um, know, you, you I know mean, what you're doing later. We have a new website, guys. Uh, actually, you know what I did check though today. Um, I checked from the net. Uh, there's you know like an early scene where Sandra Bullock. Remember, it's 
1995 and it's like a really sad thing for you to order food online. Mm-hmm. Oh, how times have changed. Um, and the way she orders food is uh, it's pizza.net. Now, if you type in pizza.net in your search URL bar, it won't uh-huh. come up. But Network Solutions, it's not available. So you can't buy pizza.net. Well, that's so upsetting. That means some fucking greedy asshole out there owns pizza.net and is doing nothing with it. Yes. That's the real villain, people. The real villain. Like, if that character was the villain in Darkman, 10. Right? <laughs> 10. No question about it. 10. All right. Okay. So we will be back eventually with um, movies that Christine will hopefully remember which ones to watch. Mr. Mom, I'm watching it twice. <laughs> Uh, until then if you want to reach us come to facebook and look for the feminine critique group we're there we talk we chat we talk and chat i don't know what else we're supposed to do we do other stuff yeah um twitter i don't remember do you still do the twitter i like never do the twitter i have twitter but okay. the, i don't know what the, about the podcast i think it's twitter. feminine podcast or search feminine critique yeah, we're sure. there I, I mean just or just come to Facebook. It's easier. Yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, everybody, um, enjoy the world. Yeah. Keep it chill. That's right. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You were only waiting for this moment moment to arrive.